Good morning, KBC. Welcome to our online gathering. We're glad you chose to be with us this morning as we worship and praise the Lord. Also, we open God's word and look into it, which is like a mirror, and we truly see where we're at and what's going on in our life. Uh, this is the third week of talking about moving on to maturity. And I gotta confess that a lot of times what I preach is going on in my own life and the devil's been working overtime the last two weeks, revealing all the areas of my life that are immature. I know that's hard to believe, but yeah, there are even immature areas in my life. There are areas where, yes, I've grown, but as we walk through this life, uh, the more you pray, like have you ever prayed for patience and then it just seems like everything cuts loose? Uh, same way with moving on to maturity. Um, if we're serious as a body and uh, as individuals about moving on to maturity, God will reveal those areas where we're immature, childlike or childish, and uh, he'll highlight it for us so we can grow in our walk with the Lord. So we're going to be talking about that today. Um, before we begin, let's uh, have a word of prayer. So Father, thank you for this day. God, thank you. This is the day you've made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father, that uh, we can assemble, even though it's online, that we can assemble, that we can come together around the word through the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we just thank you, Father, for the body of Christ. Uh, Jesus, we thank you and give you praise that you're the head of KVC, and uh, we submit to your head today and that you direct our steps. I pray, Lord, that KVC would be known in this city as a mature body, that the childishness of our body would uh, dissolve and childlikeness would become evident in our body. So we thank you, Father, today for this time. We ask you would bless your word, bless our time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I think I heard you even through the airways. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 18. Uh, we are going, still staying in Ephesians chapter 4, but I want to bring some different uh, scriptures today. I want to talk to us today about what's the difference between childlike and childishness. And what are the characteristics of that? And I want us at the end individually to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be childlike, not childish. And as a body of Christ, we're asking ourselves, what are the childish things at KVC that we need to grow up in and become childlike? Because there's a big difference. So in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, it says this. Actually, this is Jesus talking. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, think about this. He said, unless we change and become like children, we'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, Paul comes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, and he says, this, 
when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now, is Jesus and Paul in contrast here? No, Jesus is talking about the characteristics of being childlike versus Paul talking about being childish. But Paul says here, when I was a child, that's the way I acted. But when I became a man, in other words, when I matured and when I grew up, I put those childish things away. Here's one of the sad things about the body of Christ is we've not put those childish things away. We bring them into the body of Christ and we act in a childish manner versus a childlike manner. manner. Uh, a definition for childish, behaving immaturely, foolishly and insensibly or silly like a child. We can all think of examples of our own children or children we've seen at Carrefour. But the definition of childlike like is suggesting or appropriate to a child or a childhood, especially marked by innocence and trust. Now, on the screen, I've done a chart of some of the characteristics of childlike, and they're vulnerable, they're inquisitive, they're curious, they're trusting. They don't have a care in the world. They don't have to pay a monthly um, house payment. They don't have to pay the bills. They don't have to put gas in the car. All they know is food is in front of them. They know they have a bed to sleep in, and they just trust mom and dad. They're excited. I remember as our little, our boys were little, they were just excited when we told them that we were going to Disneyland and Disney World. They were so excited. And just the little thing excited, excited them. Things like, okay, we're going to go fishing or we're going to go camping. It didn't matter what it was. They were always excited. Childlike faith, they have this faith to believe that the world is a safe place. They have a childlike faith to believe even God's word and just simply trust it. They don't have all the baggage that you and I have. They just simply trust God's word. They have a wonder and amazement for what's around them. Um, you know, I remember uh, in our house, we would have these bugs outside or have a little gardener snake and um, or an animal. One time we had a raccoon stuck in the base of our tree. And, you know, it's just a maze. We had deer in our backyard. And there's just this wonder of creation, even a wonder of people they meet and they encounter. They have a short memory. I, I was thinking about our dog, Issa. This is a golden retriever, and she is one of the most lovable dogs probably we've ever had. 
but you can scold her for doing something wrong. And two minutes later, she's in your lap wagging her tail. She doesn't remember that you just scolded her for doing something wrong. And I think that's true. And being childlike, we have a short memory. The problem is when we're childish, we have a long memory. And we remember every little detail of the things that happen. Children are honest. They're honest uh, to a fault. Sometimes what they say, even though it's honest, can be brutally honest. They're pure unless they've been defiled by this world. As you know, even in the sex trafficking industry, even babies are sold into sex trafficking. Can you imagine the innocence they have lost when they encounter this darkness, this perversion? They're simple. You know what? They're just simple. They believe everything's good. They believe that everything um, around them is good. And that's a childlikeness. But what does a childish, being childish look like? First of all, they're immature. You ever been in a store when they're checking out and the child wants a candy bar? He said, Mama, I want a candy bar. And the mom says, no. You ever been there when the kid starts screaming and yelling? What were your thoughts when you were there? Where you're thinking, these parents are terrible parents. I never think that because my kids did that too. So, but they're immature. It's not, but it's age appropriate because they're little. They have emotional outbursts, like I was saying. Even in church, we've had times where in the service, a child will make an emotional outburst. Doesn't matter where he's at or who's around, he just does an emotional outburst. They blame others. Um, I have an older brother and a younger brother, and it was never my fault. You could imagine that um, as the middle child. It was always either my older brother or my little brother's fault. And being childish is always blaming others. Also, you're the victim. It's always somebody else's fault. They don't take the blame. They're stubborn. Man, man, can being childish, you can be very stubborn. Also, they seek attention and it's about them. It's not about uh, others, but it's definitely about them. They use lies to defend themselves. And that's rooted in their image and understanding their identity even in that. They're selfish. So we have childlike and childish. And let me say this, we have both of these at KVC. We have those that have gone on to maturity that have a childlike faith, but we have those that are childish. We'll always have both. But the goal for us, for those that are childish, is to help them grow in maturity to become childlike. C.S. Lewis on the freedom of reaching maturity said this, when I was 10, I read fairy tales in secret and would have been ashamed if I had been found doing so. Now that I'm 50, I read them openly. When I became a man, I put away childish things, including the fear of child, childlessness and the desire to be grown up. Shirley Conan says, 
You're never too old to grow up. Every one of us listening to me, everyone at KVC, no matter how old we are, how young, we need to move on to maturity. Every one of us has to mature in different areas of our life. There is no one person in the body at KVC that has it all together. That is the epitome of wisdom and maturity because we're all growing in that. Jim Rohn said this, maturity is the ability to reap without apology and not complain when things don't go well. Let me say that again. Maturity is the ability to reap without apology and not complain when things don't go well. I think that's a good definition of being mature. I was reading in an article of Psychology Today about the seven marks of maturity. And I don't often read Psychology Today, but this article caught my attention and I believe it comes right in line with scripture. So I wanna just talk for a moment about those. Number one, a mature person is able to keep long-term commitments. Today, where we live in our society, uh, people don't have long-term commitments. Marriages is no longer a covenant, it's a contract. And one of the marks of maturity is that we have the ability to delay gratification. That when we grow up and when we are maturing in our faith, we're not seeking to be gratified right in that instance. This means that you and I keep commitments. That's why as the church, you know, it just amazes me. Something happens in a church, people get offended. They leave the church instead of dealing with it in a mature manner, they get mad and leave. And then they go to the another church. Here's the, here's the problem. They didn't deal with the issues and they carry the issues with them to the next church. Guess what eventually happens? They get offended. They don't deal with it and then they leave. So we, as a mature person, we commit uh, a long-term commitment in the body of Christ. Number two, a mature person is unshaken by flattery or, or criticism. As people mature, they sooner or later understand that nothing is good as it seems and nothing is bad as it seems. As a pastor, I get both. Um, there are times after a Sunday sermon, I'll get these messages, oh, pastor, uh, you're the greatest thing since Moses. Now, no one's ever said that, but they'll say, oh, that was the greatest sermon. This was that, you know, and if I start reading the, or listening to those press clippings, then I start having a big head and thinking I'm really something and it becomes arrogance and pride. But on the other hand, I've also gotten messages that have basically chewed me out and spit me out and said all kinds of things that I wouldn't even say to my dog. And so I have to, it, maturity has to be able to balance not only the praise, but also the criticism. That's been the problem in the church 
for many, many years, we haven't learned to walk the line if there's an issue, if somebody's done something wrong or they've done something good, is to begin to dialogue and communicate. Number three, a mature person possesses a spirit of humility. Maturity and humility are parallel. They, they run congruent to each other. If we're moving on to maturity, then we walk in humility. It's not about me. It's not about you, but it's about Jesus. Someone once said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. I love that quote. Let me say that again. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. You see, mature people that walk in humility are not consumed with themselves, but they are always looking out to the interest of others. They're contributors to the body of Christ. And they don't seek honor. They don't seek recognition. They don't seek glory. They just seek to serve. Number four, a mature person's decisions are based on character, not on feelings. If we go on feelings, then there are going to be days that will be childish will throw tantrums, will play the victim card, uh, we won't talk to each other, you name it, we've done it. But when we begin to go on to maturity, it's based on our character. We, people that are mature live by values, principles of God's word, not their feelings. It's a problem a lot in the body of Christ today worldwide. Well, I just feel... Well, I got this feeling. Feelings aren't bad because God gave us those feelings. But if we go by our feelings, they're fickled. One day we're at the top of the mountain. The next day we're in the valley of Sheol. And in between are all the other feelings. If I went by my feelings this week, I think there would have been um, bombs thrown. There would have been words said. There would have been emails and WhatsApp and SMF sent, SMS sent out. But, you know, I have to come back. It's not based on what I feel. It's based on the value of God's word in my life. Number five, a mature person expresses gratitude consistently. This is what I found in my life. The more I mature, the more I'm grateful. And you can tell the difference between a mature person and an immature Christian. Gratitude is one of those key things. They know it's been a gift. They know it's been by God's grace in our lives. And so there is this humility and gratitude about life. Yes, things go bad in our lives. Things happen. This COVID for six months, people have lost jobs. People can't pay their rent. But I'm telling you, in the midst of it, the Bible says, give thanks in all situations and circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. A mature person knows that tough times pass. 
Hard times will pass, but the faithfulness of God will never leave us nor forsake us. Number six, a mature person knows how to prioritize others above themselves. A wise man once said this, a mature person is one whose agenda revolves around others, not self. Now there's a balance in that because Paul says in Philippians, not, to do, not only to look at your own interests, but the interests of others. Yes, we need to be concerned about our own interests, but if it, it's all about us and never going out, we'll never mature. That's why at KVC, we say we want to be a church that makes disciples who in turn make disciples. It's not about us. We say we want to be a missional church. We want to go to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. We don't want to just be a church where we come, we sit, slap each other on the back, and it's a nice social club, but we never mature to the point of looking out for others. Now, I thank God for KVC. Even the last couple of weeks, it's been evident with the loss of a member in our body and how the church rallied, how the community group came around them, how our elders, how the pastors came around them. It was beautiful to see that. That's the body. That's where maturity begins to uh, blossom. It wasn't centered around me as the pastor. It was centered around Jesus and his body in operation. And number seven, a mature person seeks wisdom before acting. A mature person is teachable. You know, I'm 62 years old and I'm still learning. I've been learning and sometimes there are tough lessons that I've had to learn. There's times where I've had to repent because of my attitude and my childish ways. If you think you got it all together, you're immature because nobody has it all together. But when we are growing and moving on to maturity, we acknowledge that fact, and that's why we seek the wisdom of the Lord, that he guides us. So what does the Bible say about growing up and maturing? So I just wanna read a bunch of scriptures. I want you to write them down, you can look them up, because I don't want you to think I'm just taking an isolated scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 and building a whole theology on it. Because the New Testament, from the beginning of the church to even today, is about growing, going on to maturity in our lives. So I'm just going to read these scriptures real quick. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In other words, you don't care about growing. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being an infant, is not a 
acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use, underline that in your Bible, by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Colossians 1.10 says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. So we're bearing fruit in every situation and we're growing. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, he who began a good work in us will carry it to completion. In other words, once we were born again, there's a sanctifying process going on in our lives. We are growing. We are moving. You see, when waters, when rivers stop, flowing, they become stagnant. In our lives, when we stop moving on to maturity, we become stagnant. We become religious. We have a form, but we don't have a relationship. In Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taking for and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Do you hear what Paul said? All of those things are milk. We need to move from those things, but we have to constantly keep teaching it over and over again because many people prefer the milk than the meat. Second Timothy says, all scripture of God is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. In other words, we may be thoroughly matured, moving on to maturity, God giving us the tools to move forward. In 2 Thessalonians 1.3, it says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. One of the things that is evident about a church, whether it's KVC or any other church in Nairobi or around the world, as Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, that our faith is growing more and more and our love is parallel to our growth. When we are stunted, when we're in our nappies, our love is stunted. It is not. It's a very conditional love. If you do what I say, then I'll do this. If, if you agree with me, then it'll be okay. But Paul says as we grow in maturity, so our love grows for one another. It's increasing. KVC, I'm, a I'm asking you today to take this uh, subject of growing into maturity and going on to maturity very serious. I'm asking you to ask the Lord each and every day, Lord, show me where I'm childish. Once you ask that question, I promise you the Lord will start showing things up through your spouse, through your kids, through your boss 
through your neighbors, whatever it is, he'll show you. But we have to be ready to quickly repent and move to childlikeness. 1 Corinthians 14, 20 says, Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children in regard to infants, uh, in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Stop thinking like children. Move on to maturity. 2 Peter 1, 5 and 9 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, measure, uh, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God uses these things to mature us. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn babes, crave the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all of the will of God, mature and fully assured. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 1.28 says, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. As your shepherd, as elders, as other shepherds in our body, we want to present you fully mature in Christ. We don't want you to stand before the throne in your nappies. We want you to grow in Christ, to be that resemblance of Christ. The things that once held you as childishness no longer have any effect in your life because you've moved on to maturity. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, not that I've already attained all this. This is Paul talking about it. Probably the most, next to Jesus, one of the most incredible people that walked on the planet of the earth. But he says this, not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Those who are childish, hold on to the past, hold on to the wounds, use that victim mentality. But Paul says, forgetting what was behind, I press on to what's in front of me. 
Ephesians 2.21 says, In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And then lastly, in Ephesians 4, 14 and 15, he's talking about that God, Jesus has given us the fivefold gifts. They didn't die away. They're still here today because those fivefold gifts help the body to mature. He says, then you will no longer be infants talk, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Jesus. There were many more scriptures, but I just wrote these down, and I wanted to share them with you. This isn't an isolated case. This is core for us fulfilling our purpose and destiny as the body of Christ. If we remain immature and we're okay with that, we will never attain the purposes of God. Because it's in our maturity and growing in that and struggling with the areas in our lives where there's immaturity. And as a body struggling and wrestling with our immaturity, that God's perfect will is established in his church. Remember, the Bible says that we have spots, wrinkles, and blemishes, but Christ is coming for a bride without spot, wrinkle, and blemish. So what does that mean? That means in the process, now until he comes back, we are moving on to maturity. I hope this shakes you at the core of your foundation, at the core of your spirit. If you have just been lukewarm, if you've just been okay with just going with the status quo, what the world is saying, and plain church, I pray the Spirit of God wakes you up because you're missing out on the beauty of God, what God wants to do. I saw that operation of the beauty of Christ this week in the memorial funeral and then in the burial. I saw the body coming together and the enemy couldn't even come near because there was such a hedge of protection and the shields of faith were lifted high. So today, today, I'm asking you to make a decision right now that you're saying to the Lord, you're making the decision to the Lord, not to me, that you're going on to maturity. You're asking God to, as Psalms 139 says, search me, O God, and see if there's any childish ways in me. And I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to our pastors. I'm talking to our staff. I'm talking to our elders. This is for all of us. It's not just for certain groups of people. And we have to make a decision that we are going to go on to maturity. We're going to stop playing the victim. We're going to stop gossiping. We're going to stop slandering. We're stop whining and complaining and throwing temper tantrums. 
Yes, we want to deal when there's problems. We want to communicate that, and we want to handle conflict, but we want to do it in a mature manner. And we want to walk with the anointing of the Lord on our lives. We want to walk in that maturity that the world sees, and they say, I want that. They're not saying that now because we're still in our nappies and we think we've arrived when we haven't even begun the journey. So I'm asking you as your pastor, please hear this. Please go to the Lord and please ask him to search your heart and those areas that are childish, just repent. You don't have to beat yourself. You don't have to make an excuse why you're that way. The Lord already knows. Just acknowledge it, repent, confess, and say, now, Lord, work in me to be mature. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you it's a now word for KVC. I don't know about the other body, but I know for us, Unless we move on, on to maturity, we will not accomplish your purposes. We will not display the Lord Jesus Christ in Kenya and Nairobi. It will be a weak, anemic, it'll be religious, it'll be bound in bondage and slavery instead of freedom and liberty. Lord, I pray today through the power of your spirit that you would speak to all our hearts, beginning with me. I acknowledge, Lord, even this last couple of weeks, you have shown me areas where I'm immature, I'm childish. I want my way. I want to lash out. I want to use my tongue to, to not bring life, but death. And so, Lord, I repent. I want to respond, not react. I want to love well. I want to increase in my maturity with our staff, with our elders, with our body. I want my love to increase as I mature, that people will know that if they know anything else, that I'm a lover of you and a lover of people. May KVC in this COVID time go on to maturity so that when we do gather, it truly is a celebration, not just to come together for tea and coffee, but it's a time to come together to encourage one another to move on to maturity. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for taking time. Thank you for your comments, even the good and bad. I want you to know I learned from all of them because I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm not the, the, the best communicator in the world, but uh, I know the anointing of the Lord when it comes. And I know when the anointing of the Lord is on his word and when the word goes out, because it's not about me, it's about him. So I just ask that this week you'd make a decision. Are you moving on to maturity or are you staying where you're at?
And that's between you and God. That's between you and your walk with him. But I promise you this, if you move on to maturity, you'll experience the heights that you'll never experience in nappies. You'll experience the presence of God like you've never experienced him. But you'll also experience the valley of death or darkness. But in the midst of it, he's with us. And in the midst of that, he teaches us and we grow to become like him. So next week, we're going to look again at Ephesians 4 and going on to maturity. God bless. Have an incredible Lord's Day. Have an incredible week. And let the Lord use you wherever you go. Bless you guys.